Hi, I'm Christelle, and I just want to say thank you to those who are listening to this podcast. I'm super happy and I'm super thankful to all of you guys who continue to support me and watching out for new episodes every week. It's my second month of podcasting and I just wanted to share that my episode today is something that came as a surprise to me in 2021. I just want to introduce Vanessa Hornado and she's a mom of two young boys who recently added homeschooling to her ever-growing portfolio. She runs two businesses, one being an international nonprofit supporting women in isolated communities and the other a coaching business focusing on helping other moms stay focused and sane while growing to their startups. So just tune in because the episode is ready. I've made it for you. Hey you guys, I'm Christelle Saudi and this is the Fashion Design Hub where we share stories of amazing women, their self-care journey, and how they design their lives to live a life of purpose. My mission is to help and inspire fellow women to take care of ourselves. A lot of women often find themselves too busy to give themselves break. Some women don't even realize that they are already tired until they break down one day because of exhaustion. This podcast is here with new episodes every Tuesday to remind everyone to pause and take a break. So join me every Tuesdays to choose this day to choose ourselves. Hi, Vanessa. Thanks so much for your time today. Maybe you can tell us a little bit more about yourself for our listeners and, you know, what you do, what you currently do, what your businesses are. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm really excited um, to know that you started a podcast about self-care because, man, we all need it so <laughs> <Yeah>. bad. <laughs> so, um, so thank you for having me. Um, I am a lot of things, but I think uh, my biggest role is, of course, being a mom. I have two uh, boys at home, four and five years old. So they're very young still. And uh, now with coronavirus, I've become a homeschool teacher, which has been wonderful and chaotic. Um, I also run two businesses. So my professional uh, title would be a business coach. I've been coaching women who are launching new businesses uh, since 2013. And I also have a nonprofit supporting women in isolated communities internationally. uh, And I've been doing that since 2014. So um, I'm running the two businesses and helping my kids stay focused and on track. Uh, has been kind of my uh, my role this year. So that's been fun. I can so relate when you told me about, you know, homeschooling kids. And I, I can't relate with two kids, but I have one kid. She's five. And I can relate with the age because this is the age where they've got a lot of energy. And well, I'm working from home right now. My company has given me like, um, us actually, um, the workforce has been given that opportunity to work from home and still working full time. And then I have a five-year-old running around. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a lot to juggle. So you she's five. So you're right there with me. We got to, you know, schedule our appointments in the middle of the nap times and the quiet moments that we have throughout the day. And it's been hectic. But also I've learned a lot about uh, myself in the process. I think 
a lot of us have been able to have the opportunity to really dive into our priorities a little bit more uh, because we don't have the distraction of going out and hanging out you know, at the mall and kind of uh, leisurely shopping and doing all the things that we would probably normally do, running around to work, to and from work, that takes time. Um, and so having your whole family kind of stuck in one place uh, for a long amount of time really starts to, to test your, uh, your patience, but also give you an opportunity to learn how to grow together. So um, I've tried to see the positive side of, of all of this. <laughs> yeah, we, we need to, right? Otherwise, well, it's not going to go well, but yeah. <laughs> no, so crazy. <laughs> okay, so you've mentioned about 2013, you started, you know, helping women launch their businesses. It's It's been, it's been long since 2013. That's around seven or eight years, right? How did you get to that point of, you know, you wanted to help people launch their businesses? What was the journey around that? The journey was quite the winding road, I have to say. Um, I never would have imagined myself being in this position, um, but it kind of just came to me uh, as, as I followed the path that I was taking. So I started college um, wanting to be a doctor and then quickly discovered that science was not my strong suit. <laughs> So I switched gears. I studied journalism uh, in Orlando, Florida, and uh, that was a sweet spot for me. I enjoy storytelling. I enjoy writing. Um, the use of language is just, to me, a fascinating thing to be able to use words to tell, to paint a picture for people about what's going on uh, in your world, in your perspective. And so uh, I studied journalism and I did some reporting um, locally and internationally here in the U.S. And I found when I was a reporter that I did not enjoy telling the story of traumatic experiences and, and watching problems unfold and not being able to, in some way, put my hand out to help or to solve that problem, um, to have to be neutral most of the time. As a journalist, you have to not really take a side. Um, I found that really difficult and uh, straining emotionally for me. So um, I realized that that wasn't not the field for me, but I did still enjoy storytelling. So I tried to find new ways to do that and I wasn't sure which route to go. So I actually ended up doing a year of mission, uh, mission work in Dominican Republic, uh, which is not an English speaking country. They speak Spanish there and I didn't speak Spanish at the time. Um, but I just had a, I just had a feeling that that was a, the right move for me and they needed someone who was willing to take a chance. Um, at the time I didn't have a family. I didn't have uh, any real ties that would uh, force me to stay local. So I moved to Dominican Republic. I lived for a year uh, in a small mountain village with no running water, no electricity, um, a phone that only worked once in a while. <laughs> and um, there, I think, was where I found myself. I was able to uh, feel the clarity that comes with having zero distraction. You, you're really focused on what's in front of you because there's no computers, there's no phone, there's, there's nothing to say, oh, I'm missing out on something else that's going on um, because no one's connecting to you. So you are only connecting with who's in front of you. And that's a really profound experience, I think. Uh, it taught me communication skills, of course, because I had to learn a new language. 
Um, but it also showed me how strong I could be in, in a moment where you've got to make decisions on your own. You're not able to do research on the internet to figure out uh, problem solving. And I learned really quickly that the life I was living there was so different and people needed to know. So I started a blog and I started writing about what I was doing, how I was grocery shopping was even a fascinating, you know, experience and how I was collecting rainwater to take showers and do my laundry. Um, you know, all these very different experiences from the world that I live in in Florida um, gave me a chance to, to focus on myself and, and the things that I loved to do. So I connected with women there and that's how the nonprofit got started. Um, the women there had never worked before uh, because that community is still a very uh, gendered community where the men go off and work the fields or, you know, they, they have their jobs and the women are uh, tending to the children or tending to the household in some way, cooking for the community. Um, but many of them were not happy in that role. Um, and so I had to balance uh, not stepping on the toes of a community that wasn't like mine, you know, understanding the traditions that they have, but also supporting the, the women who wanted a little bit more for themselves, some of them being in abusive relationships and wanting a way out. Um, and so I found a sweet spot where I could say, well, let me tell your story. Let's sit down and just talk. And we started making bracelets as a way to uh, build trust together. And, um, and my nonprofit was born from that. So when the year was up, um, my contract was over. It was time to come back to the U.S. I had a pivotal moment where I had to make a decision about my career. And I knew I couldn't go back to journalism in its uh, regular form. I had to find a new way. And so um, I started doing more community work, more nonprofit work. And doing that kind of led me to the business coaching because it seemed that that's what was needed at the nonprofit that I was working at at the time. And I learned a lot in that process, took a lot of classes, went to every seminar that I could find. Um, I don't have any formal education in business management, um, but I've taken every opportunity to learn. And we have so much resources on the internet um, that I've been able to read, research, and then implement for myself in my own life uh, to see what's going to work, what's not going to work. So I just started rolling with, with where I was. Um, I found that I was really good at supporting women and organizing ideas and um, befriending them. So that's kind of what led me here. Once I had kids, I knew that a regular nine to five wasn't going to work. Um, and that there was no way to take care of myself and my family and um, go out in the world and, and do a regular nine hour job um, and be happy with it. So I had to make a decision and, and being an entrepreneur kind of allowed me that freedom to, to do all of those things. Thanks for sharing that, Vanessa. Um, I think you were fortunate to have that experience in the Dominican Republic, you know, to really be, to, to really know yourself, to get that clarity, because not a lot of people can have that experience. I mean, I only had that that yearning to to really know what I really want in life probably like two years ago. And it's just difficult if, you know, I'm working, I'm living in a very, very stressful environment. And I actually envy you that, you know, you have that opportunity. But, you know, we take what is given to, to just take in what is being presented. So, yeah, I just wanted to comment on that because that's very 
that's a very good experience, I think. And again, not a lot of people can have that um, have that experience. But when you came back to the U.S. and you had to like make that decision not to have a nine to five and pursue entrepreneurship, I also was able to relate with you know um, learning on my own, getting coaches probably, yeah, and you know I. I enrolled in different um, self-development programs, which led me to this. Um, I had a classmate who was doing podcasting and I was like, okay, can you teach me? So that's, that's how it started. So I found that I really like podcasting because it's like a devotion to women because I, like you, I also found that, you know, I'm good with, um, with helping women, leading them, kind of leading them to, to what they really want in life. So um, so with your current scenario right now, or with your current situation, you are having two kids and then you are staying at home. How does your day look like? You don't have a nine to five, but I'm sure with two kids and, you know, maintaining the household, that's also quite a handful. And with your coaching business, that's also something. <laughs> yes, it's it's really um, busy. So I actually have have started to create a routine for myself. So I actually have spent this this year um, diving into how to make a schedule because before this year, I still was working for someone in some capacity. And so I had responsibilities outside of the mm. house that, and the children were in school, in preschool. So those things guided my decisions on how I spend my time. Uh, and now that was kind of taken away once coronavirus started, the whole thing started in March. Of last year, uh, my husband and I made the decision to keep the kids home uh, because some schools like daycares and preschools, they did stay open uh, and ours was a small school. So uh, they were doing a lot to take care of the kids. But I have one child who's got asthma and allergies and we just didn't know what that was going to look like. So um, we made the decision to keep the kids home. And in doing so, I, of course, had to also stay home. Uh, and figure out how to make that work for all of us. So that forced me into the unique position of, of creating a schedule for three humans to survive and thrive and kind of still feel like there was a routine where I think a lot of people who were in quarantine this year, if they were alone, I would imagine that would become maybe more difficult, maybe easier because it's only you that you're thinking about. Um, where I have to create normalcy for these children who don't have the experience of going to work yet. They don't know what a routine is yet. Um, and it was really important to me to make a routine for them. So a regular day for me starts at 630 uh, in the morning. I try to get up an hour ahead of everyone uh, to have some time for myself when I can drink tea, look at the sun, whatever, um, you know, make my to-do list. Um, I find that doing doing a to-do list early in the day, uh, takes some of the stress off of, off of me. A lot of times I think, especially women, we tend to worry. We worry all day that we're missing something. We forgot something we have to, there's a grocery item we forgot to put on the list. There's, you know, all these little things that we think about to keep our households moving. And, um, when I started doing these brain dumps, I call them, I just dump everything out on paper early in the morning and I say, this is what I'm doing today. This is what I'm worried about today. And, you know, this is what I hopefully can accomplish today. That's my first step. 
Um, the kids start school at nine. So from nine to 11, we're focused on school. I don't worry about work. I don't worry about the outside world. I focus on teaching them um, and being very present. And I do that along the whole day. So I have blocks of moments where it's either school or it's work or it's cleaning or preparing dinner. Whatever I'm doing, it's a block of time where I'm focused only on that. And if I could give a tip to anyone who's listening, I would say that that is the key. Um, blocking out certain moments of time in your day where you're only focused on the present item, um, the, the thing that you're doing in that, in that moment uh, makes things a lot easier and it's very uh, much less stressful. Because what I've found is what we often do is we're doing one thing, but we're on the phone looking at another thing while we're listening to something else going on in the other room. And while we're also worrying about the thing we have to do next. Um, and when we do that, we don't accomplish anything. We're, we're so worried that we're not at 100% and we're making mistakes and we're, there's so much anxiety that goes along with that, where if we just know, okay, I can only focus on this because I will get to those other things. I've already planned it that way. Um, it takes a little bit of training, but it does make life a little easier for me. And to me, that's the ultimate self-care is being able to say, I don't have to be anxious that I'm going to forget something because I've set aside time for each of these things, uh, something for them, something for me. Um, so that's, that's the key, in my opinion. Okay. So what was life before not having that self-care routine? Oh my gosh. Um, it was chaotic. Uh, I actually, I've, I've spoken a little bit about this um, kind of in my blog writing, but I often um, reflect back on that time because I was very depressed. Um, I, I was seeing a therapist. I actually was struggling with bipolar depression, which meant that I had very high highs where I was high energy, ready for the day, super productive. And then I would have very low lows where I just felt like complete failure nothing I'm doing is working, you know, everything is wrong. And neither of those were the case, right? Like on my high highs, I thought I was doing so much work and getting so much accomplished. In reality, it was not worthy of being published, you know, or being put out there. And in my low lows, I was thinking I was a failure when really, you know, maybe I just forgot to do the dishes and I was being dramatic because I was so anxious about, um, what not doing the dishes could mean for dinner time and dinner is going to be late. So now my kids are going to be cranky. My kids are going to be cranky. So, you know, you, you start this train of emotions that really is, is um, your own self-sabotage in some ways. And so before I discovered a way to control that, and I have to say it's, it's an ongoing process, right? This every day is not the same, especially when you have young children, as you can, <laughs> you can understand, um, you know, you, you're on this journey of figuring out a constant balance. Um, but before I discovered this time blocking process, it was a lot more chaotic, I would say, than it is now. I'm, I'm a little less anxious. I'm a little less, um, you know, going highs and lows with the, with the depression. And I, I don't need to see a therapist every week anymore where, whereas at that time, if I, I just really needed that, that outlet because it was the only time I could take to reflect on myself. Um, and that would be another key point. If, if someone that's listening is struggling with those highs and lows, or maybe just is always on low or always on high, um, seeing a therapist is, is actually a great form of self-care. 
Um, it doesn't mean that you're sick. It doesn't mean that you're crazy. It just means that you need a way to just stop for a minute. And the fact that you're paying or maybe your insurance is paying for this person to listen to you talk, um, a person who doesn't know you, who doesn't have to, who isn't going to judge you and can't really go anywhere and tell your story. Um, there's something freeing in that ability to spend that one hour of time talking about yourself and knowing that um, you have no choice because you made the appointment and you paid for it and now you got to do it. Um, and I think that's a great form of self-care also. Thanks for sharing, Vanessa. You know, in, in the country that I live in, maybe that's um, not like 100% acceptable in, in the culture but you know thanks for sharing that and I do hope that we we get to reach women who are out there that you know there's definitely nothing wrong with that and that it really helps that someone can listen to us you know get give their perspective and someone who we can really just you know dump ourselves out you know just just tell them what we're feeling and everything and that can really be of big health and again that's another form of self-care so um with regards to your principle the principle that you live up to every day do you have any um i would say my principle i try to find one or two values every year i don't really do resolutions um, but I try to focus on a value. Um, and I think my principle that I'm guiding my life on right now is probably just focus, focus on what's important, uh, which is my family. So maybe maybe family is also another value, but I would say focusing on what is important to me in, in the moment. And that's been really valuable for me to, to pay attention to, um, really knowing, okay, there might be some stressors, there might be some people who are expecting of me in the world, um, but my family is my number one expectation. Um, you know, I'm their, I'm their lifeline. I'm the person that needs to be ready to help them and support them and help them grow. So that has to be my focus in every decision I make is based on that priority. Uh, and so my value is really to just stay focused on the main goal, which is growing two healthy boys that are going to contribute to this crazy world that we're living in, um, in some ways. So the only way I can do that is to be a good role model for them and teach them how to focus on, on family and what's important as well, because if they're focused on family now, they may focus on community in a larger way later. And I think that that's going to be a very valuable asset for, for the world, I hope. Yeah, this is what I love about talking to fellow moms because we have that certain connection, you know, that it's really family that binds us all together. And that's really our main like priority. I don't know about you, but when I was single, I didn't really, you know, that perception about, you know, having kids is very different from having that actual kid that you have to be responsible <laughs> of, you know, raising to become a to become a contributor to the world as what you you mentioned and yeah I really love that you mentioned about helping them make we are responsible for you know helping them grow to be the person the best person that they are that they could be absolutely and and I agree with you when I was uh, younger I actually despised the idea of having children I thought it was like oh man to be tied down <laughs> sounded so terrible. Um, I couldn't imagine it. And I didn't know why everyone looks so tired all the time. Um, and now, you know, that's the beauty of growing up, I guess. You just, you realize how, you know, ridiculous you sounded when you were 
<laughs> younger and also appreciate your mom a whole lot more when you get older. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, my mom and I fought a lot when I was younger and now I, I understand her, but she didn't ever tell me that, you know, motherhood is difficult. She just, you know, she's just there fighting with me or arguing with me, but I really appreciate her now and all the things that she did for me and for the family. So my last uh, question is, what would be your message to women who feel that, you know, they cannot afford self-care? I would say, look to the people around you. Um, think about who you're surrounding yourself by, whether you are going to work um, or if you work from home, it's a lot more difficult. Um, but if you're going to work, maybe you have one or two coworkers um, that you've been able to kind of build a bond with. I would say nurture that bond and find a way to use those people as outlets for your frustration. Um, I think a lot of times we hold ourselves back uh, because we're worried about what people are gonna think or we're embarrassed that we're the only one that feels this way. And if, if coronavirus has showed us anything, it has showed us that we're all in this struggle together. It doesn't matter what country we're from. It doesn't matter how many people are in our household. We are all struggling with a lot of the same issues and seeing how social media has um, really put a lot of things in the forefront, um, you know, using Instagram and TikTok and all these things, ways of releasing energy and trying to be funny and trying to be, you know, excited about life uh, right now is tough for all of us. So I would say, allow yourself to be a little bit vulnerable for those people around you because they're probably struggling too. And maybe you sharing something might help them share with you. And that bond is really gonna help you move forward um, emotionally. It's gonna help you move forward mentally. And um, that's the only way to become more successful is just to, to understand yourself and to share that with other people. Um, because you, you never know who you're gonna help. Just by telling your problem, you might be helping somebody deal with theirs um, on a bigger scale. Thanks so much for that, Vanessa. So I love that you mentioned about allowing yourself to be vulnerable and that I think that's a beautiful sentence. Um, I think with the advent of social media and in the internet, I think a lot of us just hide behind all the beautiful things, all the beautiful pictures, and we don't really present the real us not being truly authentic. Um, but I guess, you know, it's also good that we have these, you know, these outlets or the social media platforms because it's also a platform where we can be real. So it's it's like um, it's like a reminder for everyone that, you know, it's not all beauty and glamour, but, you know, it's it's really just being ourselves and presenting ourselves to the world as we are. So there. Um, thanks so much for the conversation. I really had fun. And thank you for, again, giving your time for us. Where can we find you, Vanessa, on social media? Absolutely. Thank you. Um, yeah, you can find me on uh, Facebook and Instagram by my first and last name, Vanessa Hornado, V-A-N-E-S-S-A-H-O-R-N-E-D-O. I'm sure it's going to be linked uh, for you guys in the podcast uh, details. So Facebook and Instagram are probably my biggest uh, places to find me, but you can also visit my website, brandinspiredlife.com. And there I talk about all things motherhood and business. Um, I say it's where business and motherhood come out to play together. Um, and so I try to share my story about homeschooling. I share my tips about my lifestyle um, and also about uh, you know, business and, and how to start a business if that's what you're trying to do in, in this year. So 
connect with me any of those ways. I'm excited to talk more and be able to share more. And if you found something interesting on this podcast that you heard and you want to dive deeper into it, I would love to. I I can go on and on. (laughs) Thanks so much, Vanessa. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Passion Design Hub. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to receive updates and fresh episodes every Tuesdays. Don't forget to download your free Passion Design Hub checklist at crystalsaudi.com. See you!